0: You are listening to Discover Church and our weekend worship experience. Today, Pastor Curtis takes us into our new series, This Is Us, and shares the future of Discover Church. Man, well, good morning, everyone. Oh, there you go. You're a little bit awake this morning. I, I'm glad to hear it. I am so glad and hope that you were able to make it in, dodging the raindrops this morning. Uh, if this is your very first time here, I just want to say thank you so much for being with us. My name is uh, Curtis Jones. I, along with my wife Amy and our amazing group of Go team members, help to lead Discover Church. We are so excited that you're here with us today. Uh, I know that you probably, maybe, uh, were on Facebook this week and we were pumping Sunday Funday. But as you can hear, as the rain comes down, we have made the executive decision because uh, ice cream is good. But I don't want my ice cream to get wet. Okay, I don't want to get. I stand out. So we have decided to postpone uh, Sunday Fun Day until May nineteenth. Okay, so that's going to be the week after Mother's Day, but we're going to have some great times uh, that we're going to come together for that and uh, and get excited. So if this is your first time here, though, I want to thank you for being with us when you came in. You got a worship guide. If this is your very first time, we'd love if you could take the opportunity to fill out the connection card on the inside of that. We'd love to use that just so we can pray for and encourage you uh, as we uh, as we grow together. And uh, we also want to let you know that we have the check in challenge. And the check-in challenge for this month, because it, this is the month of Mother's Day, uh, we are excited to announce that when you check in uh, this month that you're going to be making a difference for the Pregnancy Care Center in Georgetown. So every check-in that you do is going to make a difference to touch uh, the life uh, of a mother, and we're going to make an impact here in uh, Sussex County through the Pregnancy Care Center. So that is our partner that we partner with this month. So you can do that for Facebook and Instagram uh, anytime, I know sometimes the, uh, you can be a little spotty as far as servicing here, so if you can't do it right now, that's great. Make sure you take the opportunity to do that. I also, by the way, I want to give a, a quick shout out. They did not know I was going to do this, but I'm going to do it, and hopefully I don't embarrass them too bad. I want to give a quick shout out uh, to Mr. Ron and Miss Judy. They're sitting right over here because guess what? This past weekend, they celebrated Friday night. Miss Judy has dealt with Mr. Ron for 50 years of marriage, so give them a clap. Tell them we love them. I was going to say... They, uh, they went on a date Friday night. They went to the band together over to Harrington, so they've had a fun weekend. She kicked him out of the house yesterday and made him come work with us over uh, at the new facility, but uh, it's been a- an exciting time. But uh, uh, we're going to continue today with a series uh, that we're calling This Is Us, loosely based off the TV show, okay? So if you've seen this, uh, the TV show This Is Us, we're going to talk a little bit about that today uh, and a little bit about their story. Uh, and, and I shared last week that. I was reluctant to get into the TV show This Is Us simply because I heard that it takes you on the emotional roller coaster. And I don't want to cry in my living room watching TV. You got to like suck it up, you know what I mean? You got to sit there and like tell that tear to get back in the eye, okay? Uh, so I, I, I'm not normally about that. But when we got into it, uh, we found out that it was a really, a really good series uh, that we started watching. And uh, of course, if you were here last week, you heard. If you weren't, guess what? It's okay. You're going to hear it again. We made an exciting announcement, uh, our big announcement, that we uh, at Discover Church are soon going to have a new home, a new permanent home, and that is going to be in Georgetown on South Bedford Street. Uh, if you know where it is, if you know where the DMV is, it's just down the road from that, or uh, if you know where the 16-mile brewery is or where it used to be, it's right across the street from that. We're at 406 South Bedford. Uh, we have had some fun times this week going in and uh, demo, uh, doing some demo work in the building, and uh, if you are interested in helping out with any of that, well, we got some good news. Uh, if you want to bring a hammer and, and just some frustration, man, we can work it out, all right? So uh, on Thursday, this Thursday night around 7 o'clock, and then again on, Sunday, uh, on Saturday, uh, after the men's breakfast, probably around 10 o'clock or so, we're going to head over there for a, a few hours, and uh, if you can come for a half hour, an hour, two hours, whatever, that's great. We'd love uh, to take the help. Uh, that we can get as we get ready to get the building fitted and ready for us to move into, and uh, also when you came in as part of your uh, worship guide uh, you should have received this card and uh, on this card this has our this is us series on it on one side you're going to talk it talks a little bit more about our future home gives you a general idea of the layout of the building as far as our gathering spaces and DC kids and all that kind of good stuff uh, some lobby areas church office and then uh, on the other side we are advertising what we're calling our Big Give, which is going to happen on the 19th. Uh, I'm uh, in In a year and a half of us having launched Discover Church, we've never done anything like this, but we are asking if we could have a one-service, one-time big gift, which is kind of above and beyond a normal offering or a normal tie that you may give. Uh, We're going to ask that because what we're doing is we're helping to prepare uh, what it's going to take for us to make the move to the new facility. So we're going to do that on the 19th, and then uh, that gives you a little bit more information. You can also check out the website for some more information and the link to give at the discoverchurch.cc forward slash this is us. It gives you a little bit more information about the space. So it's going to be awesome. It's super exciting. We're, we are really excited for that. Uh, but we're going to get ready today. We're going to jump into the word get into the message. And today, uh, I really wanted because, uh, again, the series is this is us and talking about a little bit about the, the TV show, this is us. And also, us as individuals and as the body of the church here, I wanted to kind of jump into uh, uh, some family stuff because, uh, uh, you know, sometimes uh, we, we have uh, issues that happen in our families and sometimes we don't maybe recognize it. We don't uh, 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 want to, to draw any attention to it. So, one of the things that uh, I wanted to spend a few times here, uh, at kind of the, the series and the topic of the message today, is on some dis. Dysfunctional families now here's the question. I want to let you know okay. This is a safe space today Okay, I want to first off say that second off I want to ask who would be brave enough uh, to raise your hand and say you know what? I think I come from a dysfunctional family who would be brave enough. Oh, yeah, that's right. Uh, It's okay. That's good Some of you got two hands up some of you trying to figure out how to put your leg up You're trying to figure out some of you are are, are a little uh, are a little a little uh, not sure if you should put your dysfunctional uh, Or your hand up because the dysfunction you sitting next Next to you right now. That's okay too. That's all right. I want to let you know that uh, today, you know, I, I I think it's easy for us right to recognize that when it comes to dysfunction and especially dysfunction in our families, that we all experience dysfunction in our families. So I want to let you know if you feel like, man, why can't our family just be normal? You ever feel that way sometimes? I want to let you know there is no such thing. Okay, everybody's just got their own own uh, series of dysfunction and. Stress. Strange and and and, and oddities that happens, and I I found a couple pics that I want to share with you real quick about some some families that might have uh, some dysfunction. So they're going to run through them here. Uh, uh, This is. uh, when you have two kids and they don't get along, I've never done this to my two, but I wish I would seen this. I probably would have. This is their get along shirt, okay? So this is when your kids start acting up, you just get the big shirt, you put them in it both together, and you can tell that one of them is really not feeling it, okay? They are not having it, okay? So we, we got some dysfunction. What's the next one we got here? Uh, the next one here, this is uh, dad, because, listen, you know it's dad because he's sitting back off to the side. He's reclined. And uh, uh, we got the kid on the swing, strapped in, nice and safe, okay, make sure we didn't want to nobody fall. But you can see he's got the string attached to the swing, so that way he didn't have to actually be there to do it. He can just sit on the side, and he can just pull her back and forth to get to swing. So that's a little bit of dysfunction there. Uh, what we got on the next one? Uh, the next one, uh, everybody loves a good pregnancy pick. But how about the dysfunctional guy that's in the back? Like, you're gonna show off your baby bump. I'm gonna show off my baby bump. Alright? It's a little bit of dysfunction there. I think we got maybe one more. Uh, and, uh, and nothing says, Nothing says dysfunction like, uh, like camo dresses dad with his shirt off holding a, a shotgun. So, uh, so I want to let you know that, uh, you, you probably have a pick that maybe from your family that you could throw up there that you would be interested in. And I just wanted to let you know you are not alone today, uh, if you feel like you come from a, a dysfunctional family. Uh, I want to say that as far as this goes, the dysfunction, though, in our families uh, really isn't actually the problem. See, a lot of times we think that the dysfunction in our families is the issue, but really the issue we have is how we handle the, the issues that arise, the dysfunctionality that comes out of our families. So I'm going to give a, a couple uh, a couple things that uh, this is not an exclusive list by any any stretch, but I'm going to pick. Uh, I picked a couple of topics here that are, that are some problems that families have, that maybe you found in your family or that you can recognize that have you've experienced in your life. We're going to show some biblical truths out of this as well. And see uh, just exactly what what God has said and what we're supposed to be doing in the midst of all this as well. And, and I want to let you know if if you're a fan of the show This Is Us, you're going to see uh, you know a little bit of traces of these throughout. Uh, the the TV show because if you've watched the TV show we have uh, Jack who's the dad and we have Rebecca who's the mom okay and and obviously as any married couple do they have a great relationship but they have some dysfunction between the two of them we find that Jack dies uh, when he's younger and the family really struggles to overcome that and and many times this happens in our own families doesn't it we if you've experienced the death of somebody in your family you it can be really hard to overcome and feel like you can regain your grip with what's happened in in life. And we have Rebecca, the mom, who's tried to overcome the the loss of her husband the best she could. Uh, She remarried uh, in later years. And and so so we find that through all of this, that that, that mom and dad scenario there has some issues and some dysfunction. We find that uh, Kate and Kevin, who are two of what were triplets, that both have issues. One of the the the, the, triplet, the third one um, was stillborn when, when they were born. But we have Kevin who is immature and has immature motives and deals with addictions. And we have Kate who struggles with her health and her weight her, and struggles with how she sees herself and how she sees herself in the world. Then we have Randall. Randall is the third child here, and Randall, we find, is actually adopted into this family. He shows up to the hospital the same day the other two were born, and they're the, called the big three in the family. And we find that through this family and through our own families that there's dysfunctions and there's 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 some problems that creep up over time. Some of these things maybe happen in small instances and sometimes these things take place over larger time frames. And I think the first one and one of the dangerous ones if we're not really careful that happens in our lives in, in some family situations that can cause trouble is this, it's favoritism. Favoritism. Now, I don't think, I, I, I can somewhat speak to this, okay, because I uh, I have two kids, okay, I have two kids, and, and I, as a father, would never want either one of my children to think that one of them is a favorite over the other one, but guess what Favoritism happens in our families. Maybe if you had a large family where you had lots of brothers and sisters, maybe you experienced this where you felt like mom or dad always had someone that was the favorite. There was always someone who got a little bit more attention or got a little bit better of a situation than the rest of the family is. But favoritism happens is sometimes it doesn 't happen on purpose sometimes it happens in one episode of the, of the show uh, this this family uh, the, the for the Pearsons, which is from This Is Us, the TV show, one of the times that they have an issue where they kind of have this, like, come-to-Jesus moment, and, and the one kid, Kevin, who's talking to Mom about how, why is Randall always your favorite? And he just presses her and presses her and presses her. And you know what? She comes in and she finally admits to him. She says, he wasn't the favorite. He was just easier. He was just easy. It was easy to have the relationship with him versus – versus the relationship with some of the other ones. It was just easier for it. And so sometimes we have issues where we think we have favoritism happening in our lives, and it might not just be that. It just might be the fact that you jive better with one child or uh, one parent or one sibling over the other ones. Now, one of the things that we have happen in our house, is, uh, I'm sure you have you' got kids you've seen this in your own life uh, that one of you uh, one of the your parents uh, one of the kids they tend to be uh, a little bit like each other more than the other uh, I claim that uh, Elisha and Amy are a little bit more like each other which is why they uh, find themselves butting heads more often and uh, for me it's Haley uh, because Haley forgets everything she's just kind of like the go I don't really care what happens in the world kind of child and that's a little bit to me, and, and so me and her, uh, sometimes we clash a, a little bit over times, and she gives me the, uh, you ever get the, if you got daughters, you, you ever get that like the, you ever get, you know what I mean, where they're almost on the verge of crying, but not crying, and you're not sure, and it, it only works for so long, and, and then it wears off, so it's worn off on me, I it, I don't care, I don't care anymore, just get what done, what I need you to do. But I want to let you know, if you think that favoritism, if this is something maybe you struggled with in your family, guess what? You're not the only one because there's some biblical dysfunctional families. And and we're going to look back today in Genesis, and we're going to uh, spend a, a fair amount of time in Genesis throughout. So if you have uh, your Bible or if you have uh, the uh, YouVersion app on your phone, you can uh, you can get to that. And if you would, could we turn the house lights up just a touch in case they do have their Bobs? That way we can read that. And uh, we're going to look at Genesis chapter 25, starting in verse 21. Again, we're going to kind of be hopping around here through Genesis 25, 26, and 27. And then in Genesis 25, 21, it says this, though, that Isaac pleaded with the Lord on behalf of his wife because she was unable to have children. It says, the Lord answered Isaac's prayer, and Rebekah became pregnant with twins, And then uh, after this, it says, it continues on, it says, as the boys grew up, Esau became a skillful hunter. It says he was an outdoorsman, but Jacob had a quiet temperament, preferring to stay at home. Isaac loved Esau because he enjoyed eating the wild game. So basically, Isaac, he he loved to eat, so he thought Esau was pretty cool. And Esau brought home, but Rebecca loved Jacob. See, we find that dysfunction seeps in, in everywhere in, in, in areas of our lives because the favoritism that already starts here starts off the back where one parent had one that favored versus the other, and they didn't recognize it. And we know that what happens is, is it causes trouble, and that leads us to our second point here is that this is deception. Deception, our second thing that happens in the dysfunction on our families is Deception. Deception can show up like having family secrets or things that we just don't say. In the show This Is Us, we found out that part of the deception, part of the things that really nobody wanted to talk about was that Jack the father, he had a little bit of an addiction issue and it ended up being passed down to his children. And nobody wanted to talk or we didn't want to recognize that. In the in the Bible, though, we see deception is everywhere because we can just look at the story here of Jacob and Esau and find out what happened uh, between the two of them. And even it carries on in Jacob's life because Jacob deceived uh, was deceived uh, by Laban, his father-in-law, in order to marry Rachel, but it didn't start there. In fact, if you look at Genesis chapter 26, it continues on. It says, a severe famine now struck the land as happened before in Abraham's time. It says, so Isaac moved to Gerar, uh, where Abimelech, king of the Philistines, lived. And it said, the Lord appeared to Isaac and said, do not go down to Egypt, but do as I tell you. Live here as a foreigner in this land, and I will be with you, and I will bless you. So God gave him clear instructions of what to do and what not to do. Stay here. I'm going to be with you. I'm going to bless you. But we find that, uh, but we find that what happens is, is he did not quite trust. Isaac did not quite trust exactly what God told him because in verses 7 and 8, this is what happens. He says when the men who lived uh, there asked Isaac about his wife, Rebekah, he said that she was his sister and that he was afraid to say she's my wife because he thought that they would kill me to get to her. So apparently she was pretty fine. She, she looked nice, right? So everybody else, see, he was really upset. He was really upset about this. He thought they are going to kill me to get to her because she is so beautiful. He says in verse 8, but sometimes later, Abimelech, king of the Philistines, looked out his window and saw Isaac caressing her. And if you don't know what that means, it means, okay? He's seen her caressing her, all right? And, and, and then all of a sudden, he's like, wait a second, dude. Hey, hold up. Like, back the train up, man. And he calls, and he, he, as they, they get into this moment where they have this, this discussion, and he says, man, what are you trying to do? He says, listen, I, didn't, I thought you were going to try, to try to kill me to get to my wife. And he says, man, why are you trying to provoke us to sin because of your deception? But the funny thing is, is guess what? It didn't start here with Isaac. You can go back to Abraham because Abraham, his father, guess what? He did the exact same thing. Because deception and things that happen, these dysfunctions in our family, they have ways of repeating themselves in our families if we're not careful. They have ways of seeking in and taking hold. And so then, guess what? The same things that your parents fought with, you fight with. And then if you're not careful, you pass that stuff on to your children. And your children deal with the dysfunction and the deception and the favoritism. We find that it continues on and on and on. The third one is this, and this is uh, one that uh, many parents, especially parents with teenagers, struggle with, and that is control. A lot of them, we we, we, we want to make sure we have control over our kids, don't we? We want to make sure that our kids do what we say, when we say it, when we want to say it, but I can tell you this, we, we have to make sure that we at the same time allow our children and allow our families to be able to grow up, to make wise decisions on their own. And we have to re- remember that the control that's there is, 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 it can be used and abused or it can be allowed to take and it can be allowed to flourish so that our children can make smart and wise decisions. It says in the, in the book of Ephesians, it says this. It says uh, in chapter 6, verse 4, "...fathers, do not provoke your children to anger." It says, by the way you treat them, but rather bring them up with discipline and instruction that comes from the Lord. And I know that what that means, some of you say, well, that just means I'm not supposed to make my kids angry. No, no, no. What it means is that we're supposed to take the opportunity and teach our children and not control them like you have a a little remote control box. You remember like maybe you had a little remote control car, or even if you played a video game, you got your controller out and you're making little Mario do whatever you want, right? Sometimes we think that we can do that for our kids until they're 32. But the problem is, is guess what? There's going to be one day when they're going to realize that guess what? They don't have to do whatever the toggle switch is telling them to. They can go out and live their own life. And if we're not careful, because we try to keep that strict control on them, it gets away from us. The fourth one is this, the inability to resolve conflict. The inability to resolve conflict. And again, Ephesians 4:25 through 27 says this it says so stop telling lies and let us tell our neighbors the truth for we are all parts of the same body and it says and do and do not sin by letting anger control you and don't let the sun go down while you were still angry for anger gives a foothold to the devil and we all know, and, and many of us have probably taken the opportunity, maybe you've heard uh, a, a message or, or some, read some scripture or had a devotional book on marriage, right? And we love to have that when, we're, uh, when it's a married couple. Oh, don't let, your, don't let the sun go down on your anger. It's not good for your relationship. Well, guess what? If it's not good for you and your husband or you and your wife to have that, it's not good for you and your children to have that either. It still works the same way. We still have to realize that the dysfunction that happens in our family when the conflict arises, and it will arise, it will arise, and when the conflict arises, the question we have to ask ourselves is, how do we solve this in a godly fashion? How do we do this so that when the anger happens and we disagree, that we can get out of this still in one piece and still loving each other and still having a relationship? Because if not, what happens is four can lead to five, And five is this, broken relationships, dysfunctional families. Sometimes what happens is we have broken relationships. Many of us probably have family members or even maybe very close friends that we had at one point or a time that we recognized, that we loved, but we had some sort of major falling out. And because of the inability to solve conflict, because of this, it created relationships that that fell apart. And and listen, this this is again biblical. We have it, it's so easy to find biblical examples in Genesis again, chapter twenty-six, says this, verse thirty-four. It says at the age of forty, Esau married two Hittite wives. He had Judith, the daughter of Beer Beer, and then uh Basemath. Basemath? Listen, if you're looking for biblical names to name your kids, I, I don't recommend basemath, okay? It says she, she struck the, I, I don't know how we came up with base math, but there it is. So, but she was the daughter of Elan. And it says, but Esau's wife made uh, life miserable for Isaac and Rebekah. There was dysfunction in their family. And you think that, oh, well, I'm out of my parents' house now. I, it doesn't make any difference. Or, or they're gone. They, they've moved out. It's all gone. But guess what? That it still carried on. And, and, and Isaac and Rebekah still had to deal with the mess From the favoritism and and all the conflict from earlier years with their children and they made their lives miserable. And it says in Genesis chapter 27 verse 41 says this. It says from that time on Esau hated Jacob because their father had given Jacob the blessing. And Esau began to scheme. I will soon be mourning my father's death and then guess what? I'm going to kill my brother Jacob. We find that that. All these things that came into pieces here, all, all, all the different parts to this story, all the story it, it, for Jacob and for Esau and for Isaac and Rebekah, all of this stuff trails back and it continues. And guess what? It continued after this story because we're going to find that even after this story, we find Joseph gets a favorite uh, a favorite coat that his brothers hate because he was the favorite. And what happens? He gets sold into slavery and he gets casted off. He gets kicked out of the family and all of this happens happens because of the conflict that was in the family was not able to be solved. It wasn't able to be put together. I want to let you know that today, as we're here, as we're gathered, this does not only rely on on family, as in our blood family. This, this happens too sometimes in the church. We have these issues that arise in the church and we have these things that creep up over time. And, and we think that, again, uh, so many people I know that have been hurt from leadership in the past or people in the church that have said the wrong thing or, or inability to have uh, a conflict resolution and, and, and we have broken relationships and people turn out and they leave and they just and they dis- dis- dismiss and they just throw off the whole thing. And they think that because they had conflict or they had an issue with one person, that the whole group of people must be that way. It happens. I see it so many times. I can't tell you how many people we talk to that have these same issues. But the fact of the matter is, is it in the scriptures, if you read, what does it call us? It calls us the family of God. And if we're going to be the family of God, guess what? We're going to still have the same issues that you have in your, in your family with your mother and your father and your sisters and your brothers. You're still going to have all of those things. It all comes into play. But here's the question then. What does a functional family, or I don't want to say quite a, a functional family because I don't really know that, again, there are any, quote, functional families, but what does a good enough family look like? I'd say that there's two things that we have to keep in mind. The first one is this, is this. A functional family or a good enough family ha- is safe. It's a place where people can feel loved and valued, recognized, but not free to go out and break and, and, and pull punches and do whatever in the world kind of crazy things they want. It's a place where we can have conversations. It's a place where we can challenge one another. And that leads to the second one, and that's this. A functional family or a good enough family is number two, it's open. You can share opinions that don't always agree with. You can argue with each other. You can have disagreements with each other but not hate each other. You can come away from something without bashing each other and calling each other names or, God forbid, physically fighting. It has, it, it, and it happens in our families. We have to recognize that, that it's not always clean and it's not always easy, but a functional or good enough family is safe and open. So what are our next steps? And I want to get ready as we close with this. Our next steps is this. Number one, you have to admit your weakness. You have to admit your weakness. So listen, if you recognize as we went through these today, if maybe something spoke to you or maybe you kind of had a little prick in your heart, maybe you had a little bit of of, of something that kind of got sparked a little bit, guess what? You got to explore that because you might have to admit some areas where you have weakness in your own life. You've got to realize that in some of the relationships that have been broken in the past, that guess what? We need to, to pray and seek and see if we can forgive and move on from those. It says this in First John chapter 1, uh, verse 8, it says, if we claim we do not, uh, or if we claim we have no sin, we are only fooling ourselves and not living in the truth. It says, but if we confess our sins to him, he's faithful and just to forgive us of our sins and cleanse us from our wickedness. We have to admit it. You have to be willing to turn over and say, you know what, God, I, I think this is my issue. This is where I'm kind of struggling with with my family. The second one is this, is to ask God for his help and direction. It says this in Psalm 72, 12. It says, he will rescue the poor when they cry out to him. He will help the oppressed who have no one to defend them. He feels pity for the weak and the needy, and he will rescue them. He will redeem them from the oppression and violence for their lives that is precious to them. And the third one is this, get around people that appear to be doing family well. Now when I say appear to be doing family well, I want to let you know that this is not the Instagram version of doing family well. Because there's a lot of things that Instagram and Facebook are hiding. You don't know that they took 17 different pictures of them poking and prodding and yelling at each other to get that one where they all actually are smiling. We're not talking about that kind of family. We're talking about a family that is in your life, that is connected with, that, that you feel is, is doing it well. Because guess what? If you want to learn how to do something well, you get around somebody who's doing it well. When I first went and started in carpentry... I didn't go out and just decide to build a house by myself because it would have been a disaster. You know what I had to do? I had to be the gopher. If you don't know what the gopher is, the gopher is where you get a whole bunch of other guys who know what to do, and they say, "Hey, you, go get that. Hey, you, go get that." And so you spend a lot of times, you spend a lot of time just being out there, but you're around them, and you see and you learn and you experience how they do life, and when the disagreement happens, and how all this the the frustration that happens in family i heard a story a, a, about uh it was a um it was a teaching i just had this past week it was a husband and wife and the wife said uh in my family we did not we did not like argue or fight we were just passive about it nobody ever spoke about it we were just passive like we made like a little snide remark or we just made a little comment and we just acted like everything was okay she said, but then I went over to his house, to his family one day, and at the dinner table, his parents kind of started into a little bit of a disagreement, an argument, and then she was like, well, I just tried to make a joke about it and make it off, but then all of a sudden, the two of them decided, at sitting at the dinner table, that they were going to excuse themselves, they were going to go upstairs for a couple of minutes, and they were going to talk about this privately, and that they were going to take the opportunity to work through it. She said, I was blown away. I was blown away by the fact that, I, that, that happened. I'd never seen that happen in my entire life. There are people who actually had disagreements and then took the opportunity to work through them. If the worship team could, would you guys come out? I want to ask if you would, would you, would you stand with me today as we get ready to close here? This is one of those times I, I love because I love the fact that at the beginning we totally recognize that our families are dysfunctional we 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 have dysfunction in our families that there's things that happen that we wish didn't and we wish we could take back and change and I want to let you know that today that that the dysfunction that happens in your family I, we, we there's no magic wand to make that stuff like just disappear and wipe away there's not. But what I will tell you, what I will tell you is that if you take some biblical truths and we actually take the time to read some of these stories, guess what? We're going to find that there are some things that we can input into our lives and we can learn from things so that we can find the dysfunction in our family. It doesn't have to turn out the same way it did in some of the biblical examples. I just want to ask if you would, would you, would you close your eyes and bow your heads with me today? As we get ready here to, to take this time, to pray. I just want to ask you if if you if you have the opportunity, if you had the opportunity to go back and to make something right, would you do it? If you had the opportunity to connect with your family, to connect with your mom or your dad, one of your brothers or sisters, or maybe it was a cousin, a grandparent, if you had the opportunity to go back and make it right, would you do it? If all those things that you wish that hadn't been said and hadn't done, if you if you could go back and you could start over again. Would you do it? I can't promise that today you can take, get in a time machine and make it happen. But you know what? You can still make a difference. You can still bend. You can still mend the broken relationships. You can still take the opportunity to have a safe and open family environment. And it doesn't matter if your kids living with you now, or if they've all grown up and moved away, you can still start today and you can make that work because guess what? When the family gets better, we all get better. When mom and dad have a stronger relationship, guess what? Our kids have stronger relationships. When, when, when grandma and grandpa have a stronger relationship, guess what? Our grandkids, they have stronger relationships. And not only that, but when we all have better family relationships it only makes the family of God's relationship that much smoother it only makes it that much greater it only makes it so guess what we can have that much more of an impact in this world if today you say you know what i would love for my family to be maybe not functional but i'd i'd love for them to be a little bit more of the good enough kind of family would you just raise your hand today if you say i want my family to be that family i want I'm not aiming for perfection, but boy, I'm aiming for good enough. I'm I'm aiming for a place where we can have a safe and open environment. Take the opportunity today as we get ready to pray. Don't just listen to me pray, but I want to encourage you to pray today and ask God through his Holy Spirit to start working through you, to speak the words that you need to hear, to read the words that you need to listen to so that you and your family can grow stronger together. Can we pray that today? Heavenly Father, Lord, we just want to pray right now, Father God, for these families that have raised their hands, for these families that have come together and said, listen, we got some dysfunction, we got some issues, we got some problems, but Father God, we know that, that when you get involved, you make problems become something amazing. You, can make, you make messes turn into beautiful things, Father God. Lord, for right now, for our families, Father God, as we are the family of God, as we come together to support one another, we recognize that we don't have all the answers. We don't have a a magic formula there. We don't have anything that we can just make all all this stuff, all these bad problems and the pain and the memories of the past, we don't have anything to make that wipe away, Father God. But, Lord, what we do have is we have ways that we can grow together and learn from one another, Father. Lord, we just want to thank you. We give you the praise the honor, and the glory today. We thank you for our time together in your word. Father God, for the fact that your word can teach us so much still to this day, Father. Lord, we just want to thank you. We give you the praise, the honor, and the glory. In Jesus' name, and everyone says amen. Would you sing the song with us in closing?